Hi, and a warm welcome to all of you. Glad you could join Digital Dump. My name is Kate Pohl, and I'm an advisor, facilitator, and coach with a rich background in commercial banking. And I will be your moderator today. So here we have Stephen Batiste and I, and Stephen Batiste is part of Meta Software Engineering Leadership, and we are joined by Thomas Heide from Microsoft and Eric van der Maris from MasterCard. So thank you and welcome to both of you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thanks, Kate. Thank you very much. You as well, Stephen. Okay. Yeah, I'm, excited. I'm excited to be uh, <laughs> yeah. answering the questions today. That's right. Stephen gets to participate. I've allowed him to because he's such an expert in this. Uh, so I had to take over the dirty work. So here we go, guys. But we're going to have <laughs> Thomas and Eric introduce themselves really briefly first, because I think everyone knows Stephen and I after this is our 55th podcast. So I think we're we're known to the public. So I'm going to start with uh, you, Thomas, and maybe you could give us a little bit of background on what you've done and how you got here. Yes. Uh, so my pastime is mainly driven by everything data, analytics, and now AI is really taking off with Microsoft. And yeah, I, I'm a so-called specialist. Microsoft is is pretty, let's say, <laughs> is pretty diverse in its jobs. Yeah. And uh, basically, it's uh, a person uh, who handles and sells any analytics, uh, data, and open source solution uh, within the Azure cloud to customers in Germany. Okay. Well, we know why you and Stephen get along so well. Now we're going to go over to Eric. Tell us your story. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Kate. So, um, okay, I'll give you a short rundown. So um, I've been actually working in startup and scale-up, call it the fintech domain, for about the last uh, 10 years. And recently you joined MasterCard uh, with a focus on what we call open banking and B2B payments. Uh, and for me, actually, this is a combination of actually, let's say, connecting the dots, I would say, of previous experiences in accounts payable, e-invoicing, uh, order to cash, but mainly also the payments part. Um, I really enjoyed scaling an, uh, a PSD two based payments company in the in the Benelux from a product perspective, and in uh, in the recent times also working on digital identity provider uh, solutions and uh, embedded finance. And uh, yeah, together with Kate, I had the pleasure of uh, also working together on the industry advisory board of TIS. And most importantly, of course, I live in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the good news. Well, we won't go into that right now. But anyway, thank you both. And today, the topics we want to cover have to do with what's uh, really new and exciting in the world of technology and financial services. So obviously, there is a lot going on. And this discussion is really among experts. So don't wait for me to ask the questions. Please feel free to jump in and talk to each other. I'll stop you if I think you're going too far off track. Uh, as my role as moder moderator of the, of the podcast today. Okay, so I want to start by asking each of our speakers to identify what you think are the key priorities today for treasuries and finance or treasury and finance departments when it comes to technology. So key priorities in technology. So cloud, API, AI, ML, or something else. And I am going to start with you, Thomas. So you're on the hot seat. What yeah, exactly. I'm on the hot seat because, uh, yeah, I'm not the expert in 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 banking, but and and now given given the the point, uh, I'm driven mainly by OpenAI and ChatGPT right now. I think every every bank runs uh, or nearly every uh, let's say payment service runs a call center, and if you can with uh, a solution improve the call center satisfaction rate by let's say 40 to 50 percent because you give the agent a, a very good pre-qualified case i think you can also uh, spare that money in the call center and you get much more uh, let's say uh, customers which are satisfied and and thinking you're providing a good service yeah so this is one part and i think uh the second part is nevertheless so uh, it's security 
anything must be secure in the in the banking sector yeah and uh, whatever you can do there it should be done yeah i, I don't i don't want to go into technologies here because then we would have a, our own podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay all right but there uh, i think also when we when we think about uh, safety and security and cybercrime ai and ml play a, a large role and we will get back to chat gpt nobody gets to talk about that yet that's later so you 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 gave us the starting shot across the bow we'll come back to that so um let me go to you stephen um i've been out of the treasury space for a while now and fintech but i would say nothing's really changed in terms of connectivity and apis it's still very important uh cloud obviously ai is becoming a big topic now not just because of chat gpt but that's where the new investments looking instead of looking at fintechs it's now anyone with an ai solution you can easily raise money so i think definitely ai especially if you're a fintech looking to raise money you'll kind of pivot towards ai as well and really it's just ai is kind of a very exciting space now so there's many ways to apply this AI. So it'll be interesting to see what innovations come about from AI. Okay. And now we go to the guy who probably has the most contact with Treasury or in the past has, uh, certainly with payments and financial services. So over to you, Eric. Technology. Ooh, a, a Big one. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that, I would say two things could really come in mind. And maybe it's a little bit broader than just only technology, but... I would say you always have to place tech in the context of business or product and business. But actually, the first uh, first topic of the two, I would say there is a combination of three elements. I would call it called platforms, so the tech component, faster delivery. Okay. Uh, the second one is more a mindset, really solving a problem. I'll come back to that one later. And the third one, and this is also, I think, a long discussion. You can take it quite broad, but it's orchestration and the ability to focus on user experience or customer experience, and perhaps also robotics. But let's 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 focus on the first one. So I think that the platforms they remain the, the most important way to offer or a service. Uh, and not that everything is to be used for one vendor, but but having the ability to orchestrate and scale adapt new service for your audience. In this case, the treasurer. So. Uh, so, <laughs> what I actually love from working in start and scale up environment is that. You have to, you have to have such a thorough understanding of what the real problems you want to solve for your clients. And I will say, stay a little bit longer in the problem space uh, before moving to uh, any typical solution. But always focus on a solution that brings value. And I think that's precisely the part where, where the big corporates and the and the, the startup life are uh, on a nice junction, where you as a startup really try to make one thing really clear, really good, and and. Where well, let's call it the likes of the bigger corporations, they solve all problems a bit. So having the ability to orchestrate the best in class value bringers for a treasury department, yeah, that is something I would say will definitely enhance the, the performance of the department, but mainly also focus on lower cost and uh, and actually bring the whole finance function to a to a higher level. But, but let me ask That's you a question. Awesome. So you know, when when I asked you about technology and and you're really talking about things that are really perhaps even more basic or more fundamental. So if I understand you correctly, maybe te technology is just one part of this puzzle. True, true. Uh, but there's also the second part coming a little bit more. Now that will give you a better insights okay. in why I started with this one. Okay, so fair enough. One of the one of the fun things is, uh, I would say, is the segmentation of a lot of companies. We always talk about AP and AR, treasury, uh, treasury payments. But let's be honest, these processes, they, they take place either if you're an SME or a big corporate. It really did, doesn't differ that much in, 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 uh, in, in, let's say, in concept. Yes, the execution, the setup of systems and people involved, they differ. But let's also be honest. Um, it's all about having uh, similar access to data and, and insights and power to execute. So be it access to capital, um, multiple FX solutions, and easy scaling of operation in new market countries without, without actually having to reinvent the wheel on call it taxes and compliance. So from a tech point of view, now we're breaking, breaching the, the one, uh, I would say solutions that are easy to integrate, 
um, have an API design, let's say uh, API first design in the core of the product proposition. Having a developer portal and support, that's actually, I think, the crucial thing. Not only the developer, oh, sorry, the, the, the treasurer doing the, the, the research, it's actually developers that are working very closely with the treasury department that that uh, that have the, the key element in, in, in their hands. So I will say not that the treasurer will have to dissect an API, <laughs> but um, I would say if you want to have a really good understanding of the technical capabilities, have a look at every API portal they, because they explain the actual state of a service offered instead of the very nice PowerPoints that promise you the world. But the API portal is is the truth. So mm-hmm. hope I gave you a glance on that one. Okay. Any rebuttals? Any any points? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you, Eric, because I want to ask you about payment trends. Um, you know, you sort of sort of laid the framework for it already. But um, one of the things I spent a lot of time on is payment trends. So instant payments, looking at embedded finance, buy now, pay later, standardization. Uh, what do you see as the key trends and why? Yeah, uh, actually, Thomas made a made a good remark um, on one topic. You can easily have a lecture of about two hours. So. Uh, let, let's keep it a little bit brief uh, on this one. So uh, just a number of topics. So payment regulation. I, um, I think this this remains present uh, and for banks and businesses, it remains a lot of work. So definitely uh, looking at how regulators are working on this topic together with uh, service providers is, is something to, to take into account. And also interesting to see how it will scale into a more than your broader context. But I think the most important thing, and this is, on the one hand, also touching a little bit on embedded uh, finance, but actually the, the question is how to integrate, um, integrate into platforms, marketplaces, or a variety of using actually a variety of payment rails uh, to create, for example, a payment orchestration layer for treasury departments. So it's it's not directly commoditizing payments, but at least taking out, the, I would say, the complexity and a high cost involved and lesser transparency of correspondent banking, for example, uh, like the Swiss, etc., to make it easier um, and and to offer, I think that's the biggest one, offer choices. So now, for example, you have only the separate credit transfer rails in Europe and Swift for the rest, but there are much more options. For example, possibilities to uh, uh, in between that also can serve a purpose. Okay. And Thank I think that the nice topic where you and I have a lot of discussions about instant payments is uh, now you know my remark about it. I think it's a really good for for consumer for peer to peer payments. It's the WhatsApp of payments. So let's be honest, uh, it's instant. You have it uh, done. And yes, there are some other, in my opinion, other um, uh, use cases you can have. For example, the gig economy t- economy for payouts. But I'm still puzzled for for the larger treasury departments in this case. And okay, it will provide mm-hmm. a little bit more flexibility for money handling, pooling of funds, etc. Um, but to say every in payment instantly on your account, I don't see the real need. Yes, I do see the option of more flexibility. But instant payment, as it's uh, created today, I think it has a long route to go. Okay. Anybody want to push back on that? I, I generally agree. Um, what interests me with the pay, like instant payments is definitely really exciting. What can be done with that now, especially now there's more connectivity. Um, but what interests me is the previous trends like buy now, pay later and cryptocurrency. Now that kind of everybody that could be in debt is pretty much sold on BNPL, like what is left for that market to market to. So that's going to be interesting, especially when we see the affirm layoffs that they just had to do. So, and then cryptocurrency, we we know the disaster it turned out to be with all the leverage and fraud. So everything around what blockchain and crypto was supposed to provide has kind of been proven wrong. It's not decentralized. There's only two major providers providing the service now. And on top of that, fraud was worse than has ever been seen in the history of payments absolutely yeah, yeah. and it, it's not going to get better with instant payments and yeah. 
you know, with the open flank in terms of trying to do it so quickly when you think of compliance or when you think of fraud. And by the way, my two cents on instant payments on the corporate side is I, I think for the most part, it's not necessarily needed right now because supplier payments aren't don't need to be instant, uh, although real-time treasury is a discussion. But that's where it's going and it's going to get there whether we want it or not. Things aren't going to go backwards. So it's a matter of be prepared and be ready and have the right products and services, I think, to to be prepared for as a corporate treasurer or as a finance department. Eric, you wanted to- Yeah, there's one more, one more topic. So you mentioned the need Stephen, uh, buy now, pay later. A, a lot of companies has, have, have grown, started, have grown, reached to a certain point and maybe are not getting, uh, let's say, uh, the traction they want to have. But I would say in, in, in the context of embedded finance and then maybe for a, a specific use case, for example, the SMEs, uh, buy now, pay later is one of the uh, key trends now, and actually uh, access to capital for especially uh, let's call it the smaller SME, the micro and the small ones. Um, this is really one of the let's say key developments taking place in that market. So uh, combining, I, I, yeah, I actually strongly agree with this because it's a really good way to balance your cash flow. Because there's like SMEs do a big cash flow problem, so if you can use buy now pay later to kind of just smooth that over better, I think it's a really good tool. But for consumers, it's it's a way to get into more and more debt, which we see. Everyone's telling us the economy is doing really well, but at the same time, consumer debt's rising and rising. So, is it an economy built on debt now that's looking good, when really it's just all gonna be even worse when it comes crashing down. Yeah, true. Thomas, and, and one... you... yeah. go ahead. I, I would have a question to... because, because uh, maybe you can answer it to me. Yeah? Because uh, uh, by now, pay later, Apple was put in. Is it is it a, is it a danger for banks? Because this is what something I I I read uh, in the yeah a couple of days ago. Yeah, and how how would you see this? Because you're the specialist, and I, I see this is a hot topic. It's a dangerous topic, and are the banks are going all in? Are, is Apple going all in into this? I've I've nothing heard of Microsoft because I think we are not so in the B two C sector. Yeah, so we we are we are kind of out here. All right, Eric, Stephen. I have my opinion. I'll go last. <laughs> I, I definitely have opinions. Go like, for it. Apple stuff is overpriced. and <laughs> Okay, there wanna, we go. If you want to increase <laughs> revenue, you have to find new ways to sell expensive stuff <laughs> for people that can't afford it. But <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fair point. Yeah, then, then maybe to add on this one, normally I'm a, I'm a, a great fan of of how Apple tries to do the UX and, and have a good customer journey. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more puzzled why that, this one isn't taking off. And indeed, I read some problems on how the flow and this of money and uh, let's say the agreement goes. That it, 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 let's say it's not a one-click buy at the moment. And I think that's one of the, mm -hmm. the crucial parts where, uh, where it's going a little bit sour. Um, and, and to be honest, uh, there there are some good players as well already performed this. But your remark regarding banks, uh, although Apple is making a lot of money, a lot, um, still you have to have a financial function that actually, let's say, stores the the money, does the payout, collects it, and this is a total different game. This is not what Apple's core business is. Mm -hmm. So right. they would always need to subcontract this to a, a financial institution. Yeah, and I think that. It's a really, really important key play for banks to look at SMEs and SME plus in this category. I think mm -hmm. it, it would be tremendous. Um, and if you ask me why there isn't more going on, I would say that it's because banks really do find it difficult to pivot and go into truly new spaces. Mm -hmm. um, you know, <laughs> I am trying to help some of them do this, but we'll see. We'll see how far they get. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, interesting, very interesting topic. Mm -hmm. I'd like to take you both or all three of you back to AI and ML. Um, you know, each one of you mentioned it, I think, in different ways, fraud and cybercrime. So one of the biggest growing problems for banks, financial services, providers, treasuries, et cetera, et cetera, is fraud and cybercrime. 
And one of the things I've spent a lot of time looking at, but I'd like to ask you guys is uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, how can this help specifically with this problem? Uh, Stephen, can I start with you there? Yeah, the latest AI techniques, which are actually a few years old, which we'll probably go into later as we talk about ChatGPT. Not yet! <laughs> but they're very good at finding pattern, recon like, like pattern recognition now and finding similar patterns. So definitely these techniques can be applied to fraud and cybercrime, as long as you have the data to find the training model data you need. That's the real problem. Whether these models can scale, like if you look at the costs of making these models, it's extremely expensive. So we have to also question is it just because it's not a problem of the technology now, but it's more the cost of the technology, the cost right. to train the model and the cost to run these models. Mm -hmm. so, so you're actually questioning it, you know, it could yes. be good. But... And Thomas probably yeah. knows more about this what... because he's more on the cost side. <laughs> Microsoft. Right, Thomas, what do you say to this? Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right here, Stephen. So, but let's, Let's have a look at the tools first. Uh, if you are talking about uh, the proven models which are out there, I think the training is somewhat costly, but it's not it's not a killer for the for the use case uh, to 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 stop fraud. I, I see this, uh, and to make it clear, I do not see any open AI and chat GPT involvement in. Uh, into avoiding or, or preventing cybercrime. Yeah, this is why why I wanted to say, okay, let's clear the tools. Yeah, this is this is the classic way of making making patterns, looking for patterns, uh, sometimes using mathematical uh, uh, analytics to uh, to match the patterns, and if a certain uh, a certain, let's say, uh, percentage of of this could be a fraud uh, comes out, then uh, it's headed over to to human people to to dig in deeper. So, in other words, when we use this, we're we're actually finding patterns who might show us anomalies, and anomalies that stand out will then get human intervention. Yes. Okay. The easy case is uh, I'm now in Germany. And I'm making a, I'm I'm buying a, a a dinner in let's say Singapore with my with my credit card. Then uh, in Eric's uh, because <laughs> it's it's a Mastercard by the way, yeah. Oh, there we go. So, so in in Eric's systems, uh, red lights go up. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, and I I think that's you know it may sound almost mundane when we talk about some of the other things, but it's still absolutely key. Um, that's how corporates are actually looking at, you know, at fraud detection now and trying to really see, you know, if you can get enough data and see, has anybody else used, say, this vendor with this account number? And if not, you know, is it a red flag or have you ever paid this sort of amount range, et cetera? So, so anomalies, so if pattern recognition, i.e. machine learning can help, it, it could make a difference. Eric. What do you say? Yeah, they say the 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 the, th the four letters A I M L. They triggered me a little bit. So actually, dropping one letter, <laughs> the I, so make it uh, A M L anti money laundering. Huge. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I would I, I would not only say it for fraud and cyber, but also from from a monitoring anti money laundering perspective. Uh, I would say having a data driven uh, AI approach is key. Yes. And and this 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 for sure will be able yeah you will be able to combine new insights with traditional processes uh, and and move it forward uh, and I can imagine though that regulators will have difficulty difficulty in the sense to adapt to these new approaches but uh, yeah as they are more or less called input fixed process output driven so I'm not so sure if in the if the the outcome is then the beneficiary but I would say the outcome for AI ML, uh, yeah, it it would it would definitely make uh, a lot of uh, positive effects to enhance models and to provide new insights on risk and outcomes. So uh, I would only applaud it. Yes. Okay. And I think, so... uh, yeah, I think another uh, 
point is uh, to make these models kind of self-learning yeah so deep reinforcement learning is the point here yeah uh, typically we are, we are talking anywhere when um really ai is enabled so data is the is the foundation but ai is uncovering something new so it's an easy case i brought up uh, sitting here in germany my credit card is paying at dinner in in singapore is easy yeah so you don't need ai for this this is this is uh, old school but uh, let's say there there are some some men, much more complex models which look strange have maybe not seen by any man before and then are being brought up by the system just have a look i found something i cannot explain but it's not it's not the usual thing then some human looks in and the ai is some kind of co-pilot on the shoulder of uh, of uh, the the fraud detection agents right. something that i think i've talked to all of you about at different times which is the actual use of ai as the tool and the helper as opposed to you know the be all and the end all but this comes down to a different question. Um, and I'll start with you, Eric, because I think you're the one props. Well, you and all three of you actually have done both big, big and small companies. Now that I say it's startups, scale ups and uh, big ones anyway. But what about the whole idea of getting together and making it happen, collaborating, cooperating? Um, I I feel it's the way of the future, but sometimes I see real roadblocks there. So does it really work? Can it work? How does it work, Eric? Uh, very, good, a very good question, and 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 uh, I recently uh, learned the best answer to a lot of questions. It was it depends. Uh, <laughs> Great. Uh, and in this case, I think it's the same. So either embedding, collaborating, or buying, and it, it really depends as a company. Let's say, let's call it from a company perspective on on. The strategic part of your service so i would say it's about finding a solid execution of your own strategy so but i do would say with the current it and dev scarcity although there are some quite big layoffs um i would say ways to boost a go-to market or by using a, let's say a faster and speed up in the process and better service providers for example or, or partnership is crucial um also, and, and this is not my, my 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 sweet spot AI ML, so I'm definitely looking at you, Thomas. Uh, but I, as you also mentioned, there are already quite some startups and 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 scale-ups using, let's say, the tech stack for a certain business problem. So in in this case, I would say make as much as possible the use of these one to test an MVP, a minimal viable product, and and then follow up with let's say a product execution. And, and I think the most important thing in, in anything what is new, what is good today might be wrong in a one and a half year's time. <laughs> but, but but I would say, and, and this is then the most crucial part, don't, then don't make it a blaming game, but adapt, learn and improve. So use the data to make your 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 service, your offering or, or your department better. Yes. I, I, I totally agree with you, Eric. Yeah? So I couldn't have said it better because... The challenge is, and now let's come back to tools, because, yeah, everybody's talking about OpenAI and ChatGPT. What's it? What is that thing? Yeah, because then it gets uh, a little bit difficult. We are talking about large language models. So um, a system which, for instance, tries to consume the whole Internet and builds a model of everything read in the internet and making trying to find rules out of the texts which are in there and trying to mimic answers mimic questions and that's that's behind open ai and now comes i think the the difficult part it's not it's not analytical it's it's text generating yeah it's, it's it what it can do very well is Give it a text and uh, ask uh, ask the system, please extract something out of it, and put the extract. And now uh, it's 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 a pity and I excuse for my uh, for uh, the the 
the the people who are sitting now uh, looking on the um on on a stereo set and cannot see what we are what we are doing here yeah I, I i i'd like to share something yeah so this is my playground which you see here and i just have put in uh, brief words yeah i've not even written them out i'm i'm a poor writer not 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 only in english it's it's, it's much poorer but in, in in even in german i'm not very good my daughter is better than, than me, yeah? And now I can give the system, hey, we have a service window, uh, Feb, Feb 28, 14 to 1500 planned, resource server update, reason uh, server update, and please expect downtimes. Write a formal letter, provide support contact, be sorry. And now the only thing I push a button, generate, and the system is writing it while you can watch it, yeah? So, and this this is uh, this is one strength of of open air, and I just and I've prepared this now. Yeah, this is this is a text about Microsoft. Yeah, it was I don't know what it's it's normally it's too long to read. Yeah, what I now say, hey, summarize in hundred words, get out all names, all products, and return the results in JSON as a JSON document, and look what it has done. That's it. Uh, and there's a golden rule behind uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT. Never ask it something which you not can answer yourself. Because then you can uncover uh, the challenges, problems. And the last thing I wanted to show is what, I, what I've done here is, hey, write me a company summary about MasterCard in 200 words. Yeah, I do not... I don't want to look into the details, but okay, this is now the text model three Da Vinci. Now let's let's have a look what uh, what Bing has done, much more sophisticated, and this is GPT four. And the the big thing, it's much shorter. It's it's not even two hundred words. It's less. Yeah, and the big thing I see is it puts in references. So I can follow up what it has written. And I didn't ask it for it, but it put the MasterCard uh, uh, the MasterCard stock price in without asking me just maybe you're interested in it. Yeah. So, and uh, I think I think this gives an overview. And one other thing. Um, have you heard of what happened on the weekend? <laughs> This was the, this was most remarkable. Um, some guy, and I think he's also a data scientist. He beat Katago. This is one of the most most strong uh, strongest uh, uh, Go AIs, but it had a flaw. It had a weakness. Another AI uncovered the weakness, and this this guy he just played to the weakness. And he beat it fourteen by one. So this is this is undisputed. There. Yeah? So this is this is great. And the challenge now for Katago is how do we repair it? Because it's not like code. AI is different. It's a model. You cannot try to go back and uh, start a new new training uh, cycle and uh, uh, try to 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 get this kind distraction what he used into this model so that the model learns hey i must not be distracted by the users fighting me because all the go players said hey it's so clear what that guy is doing but the ai didn't see it it's like a child it's it's a little bit like a child it's not yet it's 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 starting last maturity it's it, it's it's yeah exactly it lacks maturity and you're you're so right you have to try and you will run into error and then try to co uh, correct it because we there's so many errors out there you can do in that feel the the, the infant in the room yes uh, <laughs> needs to grow it, uh, but it also needs some positive feedback well, to to yeah. further grow and develop I would say what what one, one thing can you please share me those links Thomas I would love to have that. Uh, that service. Yeah, I think, I think well. 
I, I hope they're in the in the recording because the recording also reco records the video. Does it? Does yes, it, it does. does. Yes, it yeah. does. Yes, so, it does. Uh, maybe, maybe, and mm -hmm. I also can can clip it out because it's and you you know the difference between the the first so so the, the chat GPT which I use in my playground in Azure. This is now I think November. It's from November, and Bing Chat is now from Feb. So the the whole the whole increase of that AI happened in a couple of months. This is this is the this is the cr the crazy thing which we have in the mind. It it's growing exponentially. It will make mistakes. You will have to look at. Please look at it as an assistant and also look in the ethics what you're doing because this is also a big. I think one of the biggest points in in doing AI is. What are you doing with it? Is it still reacting in a in a good manner? Is it is it reasonable what that thing does? Or and now uh, and, and we we changed some 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 rules for Bing Chat already because it has been misused. But it's it's a starting point. And price and now I just want to say this: it's not cheap. Yeah, the model is not ours. The model is OpenAI. It runs on Azure. And uh, you will see in the in the in the snippets later on, there is tokens used for generating this text, and each token costs money. So mm -hmm. the largest models uh, has the most expensive tokens. I think costs I'm not quite sure a cent or something like this one token. So uh, a large text will cost 500 tokens. Yeah, and so and this is exactly the reason how can you monetize it. It's pure compute power. The model is not the price. The the compute power is the price. Wow. Okay. The revolution. I'm just going to read you guys something, and then we're going. To, I want to look at data, and then we'll go back to chat in GPT. But it took Instagram and Spotify around 2.5 months and five months, respectively, to reach 1 million users. OpenAI's new generative AI-powered chat bot. Chat GPT, on the other hand, reached 1 million users in just five days after launching at the end of November 2022. In January 2023, it set another record, reaching 100 million active uh, users uh, after only two months. For comparison, it took TikTok nine months to hit the same threshold. But I want to go back just one step before we go forward. I know we're going to talk more about it, but I want to go to data because everything we've talked about uh, basically is underpinned by data and do we have enough data and is you know you were talking a little bit Stephen about expensive data and you then countered Thomas well it's enough to have certain things so that we can support with AI uh, or certain functionality so enough data clean data open data talk to us about data Stephen yeah dates is a, a big problem and the stable diffusion, which is another AI company similar to OpenAI, but they train the models on Getty images, which still have the copyright Getty images on the images. Uh -huh. Right. So then they're being heavily litigated for copyright infringement. And it brings a big question on this. If we're going to use the internet for data, how do we make sure that the sources are good sources? How do we make sure that it's actually legally able to be used? for training and yeah how do we just stop people from plagiarizing and on top of this if you look at ChatGPT's model it's, it was trained in 2021 data so it's already a couple of years old on the data so if you ask for the latest information you're not going to get that now the club with Microsoft and putting this on top of a search engine that's the real power and we are seeing new models just this year that allow not to be trained they, they train real time as as you develop jeffrey Inton just made a paper on this in january this year and google's definitely looking at this because he works for google and he also created the models that were used for chat gpt mm -hmm. the techniques for chat gpt so it's all very very interesting where we're going in terms of the data but i think we have enough data we just need to be careful how we use it so actually, okay, fair enough. So the clean data and the correct data. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go. I mean, since this topic seems to consume us, we were going to get there anyway, and here we are. What a li- let's talk a little about the history. How did this all come about? I mean, here we are, boom. Uh, uh, but I don't think it just happened yesterday. So, Thomas, maybe you could talk a little bit about the history. Yeah. So, I, th- I think it's a, it's a history coming from from data and analytics, and I think that the 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 big change started and then go is is i think the the big change because it was in 2016 in march where lee sedon uh, was first beaten by AlphaGo. yeah and this is and it was not yet a complete self-learned go algorithm or no, it's not an algorithm a go model yeah it's it's a it's a really deep deep reinforcement learning model yeah but it beat this grandmaster uh, seven by one and this was 2016 and the, the the big change there was okay enough compute power to do so this is one part and uh, the the second part is um yet yeah, trying to do this and combining neural networks with deep reinforcement learning and i think this is still the biggest the biggest uh, gain in ai which happened in the past the open ai model is a large text model now we have even more compute power we can even we can consume the whole internet in a certain time and then we can try to build models on this and this makes it so so vastly and so expensive as well and I think the pure fascination about this one is, yeah, the computer is, is talking like me, like my daughter. Or yeah, it, it talks like uh, somebody, some some human. And I think this is a this is a problem. And even if it states something wrong, it sounds so right. That you that you might believe it, even if it's a complete wrong fact, and this is a dangerous about it, yeah, uh, definitely. And uh, for the history, and I'm, I think now where we're going, yeah. So I think these large text models will increase. We we had this this, and and by the way, the Bing model is now is now going on the day, and this is also part of the of the difference the the model i run in in my playground is like you said uh, beginning of 21 so i cannot ask any any historic moments after uh, let's say beginning uh, of 22 it does not work because it does not know it but the bing model does and this okay. only happened in in four months yeah so and it will go on in that way it will not stop this is the this is also what we what uh, the 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 AI uh, researchers found out with with Go, nobody thought that any human would beat an AI in Go anymore. Mm-hmm. So this is now. Therefore, it was most remarkable. Okay. No, no, no. I was just, I was just going to yeah. say, is this really a good thing, though, Thomas? I, th- I think it thing? shows. I, I think it shows the systems are not uh, fail safe. That they, they, they are not. They are not uh, perfect. Oh, absolutely. But is it a good thing to have to have these systems be able to beat the human? What's it? What? Yeah, good, bad, you know, how do we judge it all? Do you mean that a human can beat it and find out flaws? I, I think this will be I think this will be a part of the future of researching all that yeah mm-hmm. because there will always be, be flaw. Yeah. So I think we Microsoft we want to process for programming. If you have a couple of million lines of code, you cannot make it anymore without a without an error. There, there was some 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 uh, some court uh, decision, I think, in the past in the two thousands or something there. Yeah, and the same goes with AI. There is no perfect technology. I, I don't believe in perfect technology. Okay. Well, we heard, you know, you, you mentioned a few um, use cases, which I thought I loved the, I loved the one about the, um, you know, working in a service department and a call center and then having that as a tool. Um, 
Eric, if you think about this application, what do you think uh, are some of the use cases or practical applications? Anything from your side? Yeah, I, yeah, you got me thinking a little bit because indeed I do like the the, the use case uh, where nowadays you have the I would call it the the robo advisors where from a known telco where you ask for something. Yes. And then the only response is, I don't understand your question. And then you type it again. And again, you get, I don't understand your question. And then at some point, I will not use these words on on, on this channel. <laughs> um, but the only thing you can then say, give me give me a person who understands. Give me a physical person who actually understands my question. Mm. So let's be honest, this, this can actually be a, a, a much bigger booster for, let's say, a conversation. And 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 not having the stupidity of uh, well, let's call it a computer says no or so using using this this technology and 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 to make it use I would say it's only cool and uh, and go for it. Uh, <laughs> let's see but, what Stephen but, has would... to say. I I, I want to hear. Do you think this is a new bright <laughs> shiny toy or you know are there yeah, some I'm, really I'm, intense use cases? I'm definitely more cynical. Like. <laughs> I sort of knew to, this was coming. Okay, go ahead. When we started making deep fakes, it, it generated lots of negativity in the press. And really, with ChatGPT, we're creating deep fakes of text. It, it's the same kind of principles. And and a good example is BuzzFeed. They mentioned that they're going to start writing news articles using GPT chat, which is writing fake news. So why did the stock rally by 200% or whatever crazy number it was based on the fact that they're admitting they're going to start writing fake news? So is the world ready for this? I think there's going to be more problems than good at the beginning. But for search, that's definitely where I see the, the coolness from this. Like it's going to make search just so much better to find the information you want rather than being curated into what Google or Microsoft think that you want, <laughs> and or Meta. Ooh, <laughs> I think Eric wants to push back here. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and uh, plus the models that it uses, the transformer model with positional encoding. I think that's got so many applications in financial and just other areas. It's really good for pattern recognition. That's why GPT chat's so good. It recognizes the patterns of speech. So if you apply that to in the financial industry, you just get a lot more kind of new value being added for everything that Eric mentioned there, like anti-money laundering, sanction screen. It just can be used in so many areas. Absolutely. True. Uh, maybe to add on this one, because I, I, on the one hand, I, I like your, let's call it cynicism and, I, I agree with the fact that if you want to ask something something to Google and you get a 10,000 hits, sponsored or non-sponsored, you never don't know what it is. And perhaps at some point you might find the wiki page, <laughs> but then you have to go through the wiki page and then you have to uh, uh, yeah get you get some insights. Now just getting a direct answer, that's just, I would say, it is fun and it can be more effective. But... There's a long way to go. And, and it actually reminds me a little bit of something in the past. I had an ETL training about server delivery, and they, they mentioned a model called the Dick We model, Dick Data Insights, Knowledge, and Wisdom. And I would say this is actually the, the nice transition from, I would call it insights to knowledge. I would not say wisdom yet, but let's let's park that one. But uh, but I, I one thing I fully agree, uh, I think also with Thomas, but also with you uh, in, in this one, uh, Stephen, is that it is really is crucial to understand where the data and insights are coming from. And, and the remark of the, the, the example Thomas just showed, these are the sources to be used. I think that is so crucial. Um, uh, I would say, let's be clear, how many times uh, have history books not been rewritten to serve a purpose? So what's the background? So uh, I, I would say, and, and this brought me actually to my final point, uh, one book I actually read and I really enjoyed it and I would actually uh, would uh, advise everybody to read it is called Factfulness. It's placing all data in the context of a process of a surrounding and otherwise if you just skew down to a very narrow point you will miss so much 
uh, of the the actual problem or the actual conversation. So yes, I, I, I'm I, I'm with you. We're not there yet, but it's is let's say again the infant in the room that has to mature. Okay, gentlemen, but what about my, I want to know about my job. So if we look at the future of work, you know, will GPT, um, will this be taking over my job? I mean, I do a lot of writing, uh, you know, is this a real substitute for human? I think we talked about that a bit, but so what's going to happen there, guys? I would say if you're interested in plagiarizing, then <laughs> it's going to take over your job. <laughs> Well, then I'm, I'm safe. I'm safe. Because, of course, what I write is, is I, brilliant and new. And, no, exactly. And I, I think I think if you don't like to write, like I, I myself, I don't like it. So if I can write it in three bullet points, I write three bullet points and I'm done. Yeah. But typically, if you want these three bullet points nicely... Uh, woven into a speech this part can be helped because you know what you want to say you you have the golden rule you, you 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 can read it through afterwards yeah so if something's going wrong and ah by the way i had a i had a nice uh, or a, a cool cool encounter yesterday with a customer because the customer name Pum, pum, dot 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 i don't name it now because it's, it's, it's a, uh, and there was a an hyven electronics so the same name in front hyven electronics or dash electronics is a completely different company so with the first open G, uh, chat gpt it would not be clear in the moment that something's wrong here in the text with the bing chat it it came up as a reference and they say this is not the this is not part of our company and say see and therefore it's good that this feature is in there mm -hmm. yeah and this is missing in the in the current features even i use on azure so i'm 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 looking forward to to getting new models in my hand and uh and what's also nice is you can play around with it everybody can I say I don't pitch. It's OpenAI or ChatGPT which pitches. Yeah, okay. it's it's. I'm I'm not answering your question. It does, and and we will see what comes out. So is anyone going to corner the market here? You know, is anyone going to really be out ahead? Is this is this going to be a race between Microsoft, Google, Meta, whoever? It's interesting because all three have the same technologies. Microsoft are being kind of more in the limelight by pushing this forward. But Microsoft also has CodePilot, which writes code for you, three bullet points. So, so Microsoft's definitely leading in just innovation. And it doesn't replace coders. It just takes the kind of monkey work out of. But, yeah, which is, which is really a good the, thing. Yeah. You still need the innovation and the creativity and the mm -hmm. system design, but it, it fills in all the blanks. Okay, so, last yeah. Yeah, that's you, you could argue that you could argue that the low code platforms can become a little bit more sophisticated, well developed, sophisticated mm -hmm. than they are right now. Mm -hmm. But Good but point. that was actually my point as well. You still need the 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 dance between product and IT business context to really formulate the strategy. And let's take for example, if you say, give me an order to cash optimization, write me a platform for it. Yes, you will find a lot of stuff on, on the internet. Mm. But will it solve that specific problem segment? I think we're not there yet. Okay, so last question for all of you is, you know, there's dangers here. You know, you've all mentioned them in one way or another. Can they be addressed? You know, plagiarism 101, ethics, deep fakes. So, you know, what does this mean? What are we going to do? Who's going to do it? How do we feel safe? Stephen, what do you think? We, we can get there. It's just there's going to be lots of bad news headlines along the way, like lots of stock price dips and then stock price boosts. So it's going to be a period of volatility, but in the end, we'll get there. And in the end, does it really matter? If the news is written by bots anyway, then it's just going to write all the positives that we tell it to write. We'll just train it on the good stuff. There we go. I love that. It will, will be rainbow. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. What do you think, Thomas? 
Yeah, I see it uh, the same same way. It's it's so it's so new the technology. Yeah, and first time uh, Bing Chat opened for me, I was I was I was bound. I could not go away from the computer. I tried this, I tried that, and it was not yet. Uh, it was not. Um, uh, what do you say? It wasn't in the state that it is now. No, no, it was, it was it was open. We now restricted it. We mm, restricted okay. the, the the number of of uh, uh, conversation steps, and I like the old version more, even if I can could do more wrong because I didn't do anything to 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 go in the wrong direction. I did not feel it, but you could. You could run this model into some bad, yeah, in some bad habits, and yeah. this is you are the driver in the seat, yeah. So and and now I understood, okay, and the company did the the correct step. They restricted it, and now this cannot anymore happen, yeah. So and I think let's see where we are in five months i think this exponential curve is is the the driver yeah so uh, there will be coming uh new models and they these new models will be coming in faster times okay eric any last words there danger <laughs> danger <laughs> it, it's more about the ethics part and and and, and that's why I, I, I think the most crucial part here is that you are transparent on the data sources you're using, that you have the reliable data sources, uh, and what are the underlying constructs that have led to a conclusion or statement. I think um, it's, it's like science. <laughs> Prove what's what's the, 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 the logical uh, steps you've made to come to a conclusion. And uh, as mentioned, so the ethic part, it, it really is about if you train a model on a certain data set, you will have a different outcome than if you use the same model and, and use different uh, data sets so it, it, it's more it's uh i would say yes uh, depending in which country which part of the world you are you will have definitely different outcomes mm -hmm. good bad and uh and and definitely some some uh, some things to take into account i wouldn't call it dangerous but it is uh, this is the part the ethics part is something i think there there you yeah. should have oversight over absolutely and and one point because i forget it what's most amazing about it is and you can control this easily at least if you have all the people in the different languages in the room translation this is marvelous yes. this is marvelous go from english to french to to spanish whatever yeah so and then ask uh, somebody or to japanese yeah and you you don't even uh, talk that language it's it's nearly perfect translations because of that big language model. Wow. Okay, that's a very good point. We hadn't uh, looked at that yeah. so carefully. Yeah, okay, so, well, Stephen, at some point, at some point, I actually can speak Java or uh, <laughs> another language. Yeah, You're probably doing that with Codepilot, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't show it, but you can use it. This was also a use case with a customer. He asked, hey, and I was dragged into that into that meeting and say, hey, just just bring that up. The the customer doesn't want to have any entry. And then the customer came up with a question, say, I need a power a PowerShell script for um dynamics uh 2012AX to start and stop batch jobs. Type exactly this in, and I did, and I got uh, got a light uh, feeling in my my stomach. We said, "Okay, let's see what the system <laughs> now puts out." And the system did put out a, a PowerShell script, and I think this is another strength, yeah, mm -hmm. because now he he understands what he wanted, and he easily can go through it. Oh, this is correct? No, this is this is totally incorrect. No, it was correct. Uh, and the end was, <laughs> hey, I want to have another meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, as as somebody said in this uh, discussion, that uh, sales uh, is is a very crucial support also yeah. for the sales process. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. That was very insightful. I think we've all learned a lot. Uh, I'm going to, I think, dream about uh, chat GPT. I don't think I'm going to get away from it anytime soon. And by the way, I'm still going to write my own material. So I'm pushing back there, but I'm happy to use tools for information. So thank you so much, Stephen, for being a participant this time. And of course, to Thomas and Eric for joining us. And thanks to all of you who are listening to Digital Dump. Our aim is to tackle a topic of interest in the world of technology on a weekly basis. Digital Dump is now on 10 platforms, including Spotify, Google, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts. If you have a topic you want to know more about, please let us know. So thanks and bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.